guy, right? <laughs> there you go. Have you ever done something risky? <laughs> I think we all have. I think this is part of life's challenges, amen, that we, we step out and we find ourselves sometimes in a place that we all end up at, praise God, because of the certain risk that we take, praise God. There's a story that says Larry's dream was to fly, but his poor eyesight disqualified him. After he was discharged from the military, he sat back in his backyard watching jets fly overhead. He felt like his passion for flying was out of reach. And then he decided to take a risk. He purchased 45 weather balloons and he tied them to his lawn chair and filled them with helium. Larry's plan was to float up to a height of about 30 feet. Isn't that funny how we have an idea we're only going to go so far? Where he would enjoy for a few hours of flight before coming back down. But things didn't work out quite as Larry planned. It never does. After climbing and climbing, he leveled off to about 16,000 feet. At that height, he felt he couldn't risk shooting any of the balloons lest he become unbalanced and the load would tilt and he would find himself in trouble. So he stayed there. Drifting, cold, frustrated for more than 14 hours. And sometimes we find ourselves in this same type of atmosphere due to life's challenges. I think and I've learned through the 61 years that I've had the pleasure to live and have breath in my lungs that life can be exciting but it could also be frightening at times if you're like me and I think probably most of you are we can find ourselves in a lot of trouble when we allow ourselves to become idle in fact, the Bible says the idle mind is the devil's playground. And most of us, praise God, find our problems, amen. And we understand that most of our problems are created through these 
idle actions or this idle thought process. The Bible is, it's a profound book. It's full of stories of ordinary people. People who did extraordinary things. They took risks. Some of them failed miserably and some of them succeeded miraculously. I think the most remarkable of all is the story of Peter who failed successfully. Peter, if you read the story and you try to comprehend who he was and the individuals he hung around with, he, he loved to fish. He was a fisherman. And I think it's safe to say that Peter experienced many storms in his life. But this storm, amen, tossed the ship, in my thought process, more than any other storm that he endured. If you look at this word tossed, amen, in the Greek it really means to be tortured or tormented, amen. This storm was tormenting him. It tortured not only him, but those that were in the vessel with him. Suddenly, as they were in this place of darkness, and as they were being tossed to and fro in this storm, praise God, they believed that they were going to die. They believed that they could not overcome this storm. It was it was dark and it was, it was scary and they were cold and they were drifting. They were, they were doing things. They were trying to fight the storm, but it was contrary to whatever they were trying to do. And they needed help. And then all of a sudden, they saw someone walking on the water. Now, if a storm isn't bad enough to see someone walking on the water... That would have just intensified everything that I would have been experiencing at that time. Not only was the physical manifestation of things they were experiencing was relevant, but the invisible things, the, the spiritual world, amen, was now affecting them, and they were convinced that it was a ghost. Why didn't they recognize Jesus, their friend, the one that they, amen, were having the, what's the word I'm looking for? Having the opportunity to have a relationship with this individual. Why didn't they recognize the one that they loved, the miracle healer? Maybe because they, like us, amen, fail to recognize his presence when we are in a storm. We get so overwhelmed by the tossing and turning of what life throws at you, praise God, and you don't even recognize God's presence, amen, or God's ways of what he's trying to do in your life. Why wasn't Jesus in the boat with his disciples where he belonged? Mark chapter 6 verse 48 says this. 
And when they saw, when he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. Jesus intended to pass them by. There he was just walking along, praise God. Taking a stroll on the waters, praise God. It's amazing when you look at this phrase, pass them by, praise God. In the Greek, amen, the word is pronounced parakomai, which describes a temporary appearance for communicating a message. God used it Many times in the Old Testament, praise God. He would appear in certain forms, praise God. The theologians, amen, of our day call this a theophany. We see this in a couple scriptures that we find, amen, in Exodus chapter 33 and 22. And it came to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 11 says this, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. In each case that we read here, and many more in the word of God, God was allowing, hear me now, He was allowing a crisis so he could do something extraordinary for an individual. So when Jesus passed by the disciples, he wasn't hiding from them. He was revealing to them himself and the purpose, amen, that he had intended for these individuals in the boat. Job chapter 9 and verse 8 says this, Which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea, praise God. When God moves upon the waters, praise God. When God speaks to you in a storm, amen. When God allows a crisis, amen, for you to be involved in, God is trying to reveal an extraordinary purpose in your life. He's trying to do something for you. What can we learn from the experiences that the disciples experienced? Well, it's pretty obvious to me. Jesus comes to us when we least expect it. He comes to us in a crisis. In fact, I'm going to go a little step beyond that. He knows, praise God, before you're going to enter into the crisis. In some places, praise God, he creates this crisis. Why? Because he wants to reveal himself. He wants to draw you closer to him, praise God. My wife said this uh, one time, and I don't know if I'm going to mess it up like I always do. But God, why do I go through these things? And God told her, because I want you to come to me. You see, we lose sight of God sometimes. We get busy doing our own things, don't we? 
we think that we can handle it on our own, don't we? And we lose touch, amen, with Jesus Christ. And all the time Jesus is saying, why don't you let me help you, praise God. And so sometimes Jesus has to create a crisis, praise God. And when he creates a crisis, he doesn't leave you, amen, meandering. He doesn't leave you there wondering, praise God. He finds a place, amen, secluded, amen, so he can go and pray that you will have strength to endure the crisis. That's what he's doing. I said, that's what he's doing. We need to have trust, Brother George. We need to have confidence, praise God, like he so gracefully said it earlier. You see, Peter recognized that Jesus was with them even in the storm. Peter doesn't get out of the boat immediately. I like this. First he says, Lord, if it's you, did you create the crisis, God? Is it you? Are you in this thing, Lord? And he says, if, you, if it is you, bid me to come. I'm not moving, Lord, without you. I'm not moving unless I know that you're in this, God. Hello. I'm not going to do it. I need to know that you are in this, God. I need to know, God, that you're walking with me, praise God. You see, Jesus was inviting Peter to get out of his comfort zone. Many times we have our own little boat, if you will. Many times, amen, we're we're floating down this turbulent sea, praise God, where it's dark, amen, and it's cold. And yet we won't take a chance on Jesus. We know Jesus is there, but we don't want to step out of the boat For fear, praise God. Sometimes this boat that I'm speaking of is a a safety net, if you will. It's a place of security. It's a place of comfort. As we read the story, we know that the water was rough. The water was dark. The water was cold. And if Peter gets out of the boat, there's a good chance that he's going to sink. But if he doesn't get out of the boat, there's a 100% chance that he'll never walk on the water. He'll never experience the power of God. We're so comfortable in our own little storm, praise God. We never allow God to intervene. We never want to take a chance on God. We never allow God to perform a miracle in our lives. We want to hold on to it, praise God. We don't want to release it, praise God. We want to handle it our own way. There's more to life than sitting in the boat. You were made for something more than just avoiding failure. Are you going to fail? Absolutely, 100%, you are going to fail, praise God. 
100%, you are going to sink, praise God. But never fear, because Jesus is only a hand uh, reach away, praise God. He's there to rescue you. He's there to lift you up. In most cases, we'll talk ourselves right out of a miracle. Let me say it again. In most cases, because of fear, praise God, we will talk ourselves right out of a miracle. One of the reasons why we don't step out is because we're afraid. We're scared. Fear overwhelms us. Fear overshadows us. But there's a lesson here. And the lesson is simply this. We can't avoid storms. Every one of us are going to enter into a storm, praise God. There's no guarantee that sitting in your boat, amen, you are not going to be susceptible to the storms of life that are going to come into your life. It's going to happen. Just as comfortable as you are in that ship, praise God. You can be just as comfortable, praise God, stepping out of the boat. How is that possible? Because the more you step out, praise God, the more comfortable you get. It becomes a habit, my friend. The more you do it, the more you rely on God, the more confidence you have in God. You can sit in that boat if you want, but you will never experience the miraculous hand of God. It's not going to happen. And so you ask yourself, what if? <laughs> what if I sing? What if I start going down? I remember when we first started the church, before we first started the church, we went to summer conference. Brother Morgan was preaching. And he spoke a word into my life. He said these words. He said, what if? What if you start a work and it fails? And then he said something that profoundly impacted me, Brother George. He said this, and it was so callous. He said, so what? Who are you protecting? Are you protecting your own self-image? Are you protecting things because people are going to say something about you? He says, so what? Get up and do it again. And get up and do it again. And get out of the boat again, praise God. God will never let you fail. He will never let you get to the point where you're going to... He's always there to rescue you if you have confidence and trust in Him. So Peter tried walking on the water and he failed. Or did he? Peter's doubts did cause him to take his eyes off Jesus. We know that. The winds and the rain and the darkness and the tossing of the ship, praise God. 
But there were 11 bigger failures sitting in the boat watching. The worst failure is not sinking. The worst failure, praise God, is really not stepping out, praise God, and allowing Jesus, amen, to step in. We want a world of comfort, praise God. We try to build and manage our own lives with some sort of security, some predictability, praise God. We try to create our own little nest egg, praise God. Thinking that we're never going to endure, never going to find ourselves in a storm, praise God. You wait around a while, praise God. You will go into a storm, amen. You need to get out of the boat and let God have control. Just then we see Jesus passes by. Shakes up everything. His call to get us out of the boat involves, it involves it involves storms, praise God. It involves fear, praise God. It involves tasks that are far too big for us. I said. Siri said. We can stay in the boat. By the way, you, I don't know if you know this, but typically in... in, in in, in types and shadows, wood or boats really means flesh. It means flesh. You can hide within yourself. You can hide within your own carnal ways, your own carnal thinking, and never do anything for God. Or you can step out of your vessel and you can walk in the Spirit, praise God, and you can allow God to move in your life. Why do some people grow faster than others, praise God? It's not because they're special. It's because they're willing to take a chance on God. It's because they're willing to have confidence in God. That's why they grow. That's why they're greatly used of God. It's not because they're hiding in their little security blanket, all warm and cuddly, praise God, hiding within, them own, within their own selves. They're willing to take a chance on God. They're willing to step out. And when they step out, Jesus steps in, praise God. cannot do it by yourself. You can't hide. I can't hide. I, I need to make myself available, praise God. My wife says that's always, because I'm always using available. I need to make myself available. I want to make myself available. Why? Because I want to be used of God. I want to see souls saved, praise God. There's so many souls that are hurting, and I want to see souls come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The only way that that's going to happen is if I step outside of myself and allow Jesus to perform a miracle in the storm. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Sister Tamara, I'm done. It says this. We all know this scripture. It says, but without faith. Faith 
is defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe, have faith and confidence in God. When God draws you by his spirit, amen, and you react, you're coming to God on his power, praise God. You submit yourself by your will, your ideas, your total submission to God and total reliance on God. You say, God, I'm afraid. God, I'm scared. God, I've never experienced this storm before, but I'm willing to trust you. I'm willing to have confidence in you, God. I'm willing to take a step. I'm willing to step outside of myself. Hallelujah. It's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. What is he? He's God. And God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He rewards you. He rewards me. He's a rewarder. A rewarder is someone that gives you things. Why? So you can hold on to? No, my friend. So you can be a rewarder of somebody else that is diligently seeking him. It's an influence. You're using the tools that God has given you. You get blessed in the process. You grow in the process. By Peter stepping out of the boat, praise God, he was influencing. He was impacting lives. He was saying, yes, I'm scared, praise God, but I'm going to take a chance on the master. I'm going to take a chance because if I don't, we're going to die here. And all I have left is Jesus. And he's out there walking on the water, and I know it's impossible for me to step on water, but I'm going to take a chance. And if I fail, I know he's going to be there to pick me up. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently simply means careful and persistent work and effort. You're seeking him, bro. It takes effort. You want a strong relationship? It takes effort. It takes work. It takes persistence. It takes willing to take a chance on somebody, praise God. Regardless of the situation, praise God. It takes effort. I want, the, I want the rewards, bro. I don't know if I'm being selfish or not, but I don't go to work for, because I don't want to check. I want to get paid. But why, why, why do I get paid? I don't get an allowance. I don't. 
I get a roof over my head. I know there's money in the bank because what God gives to me, I give to her. I don't even know how much is in the bank. I don't care. It's not about me. It's about blessing her and the family that she's responsible for. And we're responsible for. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, Brother George. I'm diligently seeking him, and he blesses me. He gives me a great job, amen. And I give it to her, amen, and she's able to bless our grandchildren. She's able to minister to our grandchildren. And God sees it the same way. The blessings that you have and the things you go through to receive those blessings are, should be cherished. Don't put your hope in people. They will disappoint you every single time. And when they do, you love them. And you cherish them. And you say, thank you, Jesus, for allowing this crisis in my life, praise God. Teach me, God. Help me to understand. Because we don't always understand our crisis. And if you will have confidence and trust and diligently seek Him, step outside of yourself. He will bless every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life. He will not let you sink. He will not let you sink. He will never fail you. He's always there. And I can depend on him. You can depend on him. Why don't we all stand, lift our hands.